This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 26, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, Tim Ma Lion Gettys. It's Greg Miller's birthday eve, Bless. His last day of being mm. 39. The is last that why day people are 30. in chat saying Hail Satan? That's probably more than one why. person in chat is saying Hail Satan. Yeah. I didn't think about the fact that Greg's birthday is indeed tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we, right before the show went live, Bless looks over at the chat and he sees someone say, "Wow, it's a wild news day." And then the follow-up was just Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Which I don't understand uh, where the source of this, but yeah, Greg Miller's probably involved. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Tim, one thing I appreciate about this show is that mm-hmm. we have no dress code. And yeah. so some days I'll show up in like a bomber jacket or a leather jacket or like a jean jacket. And then other days I show up in a sweatshirt and I never know what you're going to show up in, yeah. but I always know it's going to be fresh. And so I, I, I like the dynamic that. of me wearing a really comfy sweatshirt and you showing up with a leather jacket and a silver chain on. But but the thing is with your the the comfy sweatshirt, it doesn't it looks comfy, but it also looks premium. Like there's Thank something, you. it's it's a this color choice that I, I feel exactly. I feel like the the choice of color elevates it from just being a hoodie to being a a fashion choice. I Thank you. I think we're. I wouldn't I wouldn't wear this when I'm just slouching really, around at home. I, I really like your shirt too, Tim. Whenever you wear it, it makes me Thank think you. that you're trying to be a pirate. I am a little French pirate with a baguette. French. I look okay. like a mime. Oh, I'm not I good see, at it. I see what you're gonna do. Oh, sacre bleu! <laughs> That's my French laugh right there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I did this weekend, Tim? Mm. I watched a movie. That movie, Tetris. Fuck yeah, you did. What'd you think? I love that movie. I don't know if I would say it's a fantastic movie, but it is very entertaining. And I couldn't help but to like purely be entertained just by the fact that it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But there's so many parts where I'm like, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> Ain't no way that you looped the president of Nintendo into these shenanigans that you're talking about. I do not believe this. But I do believe like or I, I do appreciate how much of the movie, the, the amount of the, of the movie that is purely just contract negotiation. Dude, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's I, so engaging. I think I'm, I'm with you that like I don't think it's like the best movie ever, but I do think it's great. Like I think that it's a, it's a really good movie and it's entertaining as hell. And the fact that it's weirdly a slow burn, but like even in the slow parts rewards you. Like I, I'm all about it, man. I thought that it was a fun as hell time. And like some of the twists and turns, you're just like, how did we get here? And the music across the entire thing inspired oh, fantastic well ex- i mean you know what whatever not yeah. gonna get into some things oh yeah we'll talk about that more later mm-hmm. possibly maybe i don't know how that works but it's been a while i might yeah. just talk about tetris just throughout the year just because because i'm really into that movie uh but tim mm-hmm. of course tetris is all about contract negotiations who can get the rights to what right and that's also what kind of funny games daily is all about today's stories include a zelda tears of the kingdom preview roundup xbox's activision blizzard acquisition has been blocked in the uk and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games 
streams, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindafunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash games is where you can go to get the show ad-free, plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny games cast is up right now, and it's our review of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That is up over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, and it is a much must watch. Of course, Greg Miller is our lead reviewer there, but we also have the one and only Barrett Courtney on there as our Star Wars, our resident Star Wars expert uh, to weigh in with his thoughts on the game as well. So go check that out. If me, you, want you and Andy are there too. Me, you and Andy were there. Yeah, yeah we were, we were there all, too. All three of us have played at that point about 10 hours. Yeah. So uh, we all, all of us are at least halfway there. through the game, but of course, Greg did finish the game and Barrett finished the game too, and so they shared their, their full thoughts and us three share our, develop, our developing thoughts as we go. And we'll share even more thoughts. Great episode. I, I really I like so that too. episode of Gamescast because I feel like it uh, represented a lot of different viewpoints, which is, I think, rare for us to kind of funny. I feel like a lot of the times uh, we either are in kind of the same wavelength, maybe there'll be like one outlier about something, or a game is for one person, but it's not for others. So it kind of like creates that type of siloed conversation. I feel like with Survivor, all of us had opinions, and I feel like about almost every element of the game, we didn't necessarily agree. And I thought that was yeah. a, a pretty interesting time for us. It was a pretty, it was, it was definitely a spectrum of opinions. And I think, yeah, I think the, our differences of opinions bounced off each other well to kind of paint a good picture of what you can expect yep. out of Jedi Survivor. Um, but we'll talk about that more later because one of our stories is, of course, going to be your review roundup. But for now, let me tell you about tomorrow and how tomorrow is going to be a fun day because we're celebrating Greg's 40th birthday. That means that we're doing an all-day stream starting with KFGD with me and uh, WWE superstar Exactly. Xavier Woods, and then following that is a bunch of games and shenanigans featuring Greg, Xavier, Poe, and more, and that is happening tomorrow right here on Twitch and YouTube. It's going to be one worth moving schedules around to, to oh, yeah. be there for. I've heard some of the plans that they have, and I'm like, I don't know how all these things are going to connect, but it's going to be beautiful chaos, yeah. and Austin's going to be there, and Austin's one of my favorite people on the entire awesome. planet. Over Greg on Patreon, uh, we got a brand new episode of Kind of Feudy that is up. And for today's topic, we're going back to video games. So if you missed the video games Kind of Feudy, we got one for you here. Uh, and then remember, only on YouTube and the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Snow White Mike comes in to talk to us, KFGD hosts, about your YouTube Super Chat questions. Stay tuned after today's handshake to hang out with us before the next Kind of Funny stream starts. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Tim, mm -hmm. this morning I woke up. Now let me start with last night. Last night I went to sleep and I was like, tomorrow's going to be a pretty easy game daily. Jedi Survivor re reviews are going to pop. Done. That's probably going to be the thing. We're going to talk more about that. It's going to be easy. I woke up this morning. I looked at my phone. And boom, there it is. Microsoft has been blocked in the UK. Mm. And I was like, oh, snap. All right, we got a new story. And then I kept scrolling some more. And I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. What, what's, no, what, what are these screenshots? What are these screen? What are the people are giving me their opinions on the Zelda game? What? 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 Wait, there's a preview. Mm -hmm. A preview embargo that's gone up. By, from all my favorite outlets, except for kind of funny for some reason, but I, I digress. Let's get into a preview roundup. Let's, Let's talk about some Zelda. We're going to start off with Brian Altano at IGN. This is what Brian has to say about it. 
What truly caught me off guard with my time playing Tears of the Kingdom wasn't just how much there was to do, and there were certainly tons. It was just how much creative freedom I had as I, was attempt as I attempted to take on every corner of it so far. Breath of the Wild's core philosophy was effectively, see that landmark in the distance? You can walk there. In Tears of the Kingdom, it's more like, see that landmark in the distance? Well, you have a hundred different ways to get there, and a lot of them might not work. But when one does, oh boy, you're going to feel like a genius. Floating high above Hyrule are the Sky Islands, and that's where the Skylands. large majority... What was that? Skylands. The, the Skylands, yeah, that's what they could have called them, but they decided not to. Probably a good decision. Skylands? That's what you came up with, Tim? Skylands. I'm sticking with it, y'all. All right, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, and that's where the large majority of my preview of Tears of the Kingdom took place. If the Hyrule below is the updated open world from Breath of the Wild, the sky sections feel more akin to the Wind Waker, just minus the uh, the big red talking boat to get around. I've not played a Wind Waker. I didn't know that the boat talked to you. Oh, the yeah. King of true? Red Lions? Show some fucking my respect fucking to the royalty, boy? bless. Daphne's no Hanson Hyrule. You're going to fucking put disrespect on him? The best companion in the fucking Zelda series, blessing? He's making some really Get solid out of points, my fucking dude. set. You're just saying words. Those good, weren't good real words. things. They're quality words, everybody. Those weren't real quality words. Words like Skylands. Someone in the chat. No, you're not Sky gonna, rule. You're not going to make Skylands Sky happen. rule. Skylands bless. is not going to happen. Ooh. All right? Skylands is not streets ahead. There are tons and tons of islands up there in disparate clusters and formations, and it's up to you to figure out exactly how you're going to travel between them. Take on their endless puzzles, conflicts, and caves, and move on to the next one. Jumping out of Brian's preview, I'm going to jump into Charles's, pre Charles's preview over at The Verge. This is Charles Pulliam Moore. Once you start really using Link's new abilities to interact with the things around him, the monsters, the weapons, the bushes full of bomb flowers, Tears of the Kingdom reveals itself to be much more technically complex and imaginative than its predecessor, which is saying something. At first, some of the new runes seem like souped-up versions of classics like Stasis and Magnesis, but unlike Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom actively encourages you to not only just use each of Link's new powers with a surprising frequency, but also to think about all the different ways you could potentially deploy them to solve puzzles and slay monsters. Uh, that is the Verge's preview. From there, I have um, a collection of tweets that I've uh, screenshotted to give you, an, an, um, I guess, a, a sky view. A Skyland view down. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. A lot of the op opinions on the internet, right? Skillup tweeted this out when he posted his video. Even in this tiny window, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom offers up one of the most flexible, responsive, and creative sandboxes I've experienced in a video game, and I cannot imagine what the full experience has in store for us. Steven Totillo from Axios tweeted out, I recently played The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for an hour. Super fun. It's a Zelda for tinkerers, a link for the TikTok slash Minecraft age. It's cool, if a bit much to control. A return to Zelda complex complexity, a Majora's to Breath of the Wild's Ocarina. And then Gene Park uh, posted uh, that he has played 70 minutes of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It might be bigger than even Elden Ring. Something really special is on our way. He follows that up by saying, One thing about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh, it is not easy to control. The game is packed with so many features. Even 70 minutes wasn't enough to get used to the buttons. This plays vastly different from Breath of the Wild. And then he uh, finishes by saying, Dungeons in Zelda? I solved a puzzle and opened the entrance to one in the sky. Nintendo said, do not enter. I can see inside, and it looks mysterious and unlike anything in Breath of the Wild. But the true nature of dungeon design is still an unknown to us. That might be my favorite tweet about this so far. I love Gene, the idea of him 
like, like, like <laughs> Zelda's trying or Link trying to look in there and be like, he's like what's, 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 what's that? What's that's that? a dungeon. That's a dungeon. I see. I know what a dungeon looks like. That, my friend, is a dungeon. And Miyamoto's looking at back at him, just shaking his head, like, do not enter. No, I don't not, know what that is. Don't, don't go in there, though. I don't know what that is. Don't go in there. Uh, dude, this is exciting. I, I will say a lot of what they're talking about makes this sound even more like an anti Tim Gettys game. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of tinkering. Tim, not a tinkerer. Yeah. Not, that's not usually my cup of tea. But again, like I've said a million times, Breath of the Wild challenged me uh, to go outside of my comfort zone with, with genre. And um, I loved it. So I'm hoping that that happens here as well. But I, I do wonder if there was a breaking point for me personally of it going too far into it just being a sandbox um, as opposed to like, I usually like a bit more linear of an experience. So um, these previews right now, I will say not making me more excited, but mm -hmm. then again, I don't know how much more excited I could have got after that last trailer. I'm actually right there with you. Uh, I'm somebody who y'all know I fucking love Breath of the Wild. And one of the things I love most about Breath of the Wild was the fact that it was the sandbox that I could explore and do whatever with, right. And experiment with how different elements play around with each other. Um, I went and I watched Skill Up's full preview, and I also watched like Giant Bombs and Game Explains, and just I like I consumed all of it. Right, I was very fascinated with what they had to say. And Skill in Skill Up's preview, he mentioned specifically that it felt almost like playing more of a survival game than something that is an open world action game. That I thought was really interesting. And he compared it. He compared it to the idea of, oh yeah, I have all these elements I can play around with. Right, I can interact with feasibly anything here, and fuse and combine different things i can make different structures and you feel uh it feels like you're almost tinkering more than uh, more than you're playing compared to breath of the wild right you're doing a lot of experimenting combining things and i found that fascinating and i'm all i'm leaning towards your side of man okay that doesn't sound like my kind of game i'm not somebody who plays a play survival games at all really i think if there was one game to get me into that kind of game it would be zelda the untitled sequel to breath of the wild yes exactly um and you know on top of that, what everybody had in common in the previews was that everybody was very impressed with the, the lengths you can go to to craft and create things. And for me, that has me excited, right? It's the idea of while watching Dan Reichert's preview on uh, Giant Bomb, he <laughs> created like this um, flying contraption that was like this metal slab that he that like that he had and he put on like five rockets toward the back of it and then he puts like a balloon on top of it for floating and then he puts a fan towards the back of it and then he like places down a steering wheel and he starts flying it all over the place and i'm like dude this is awesome like this is really <laughs> like cool that worked. <laughs> that, like it worked the way he wanted to work it seemed very intuitive um and it seemed like it, it wasn't complicated which is my biggest fear about it yeah. i don't want to get lost in the weeds with the crafting stuff i do want to explore and find the dungeons or shrines or whatever you have i want to have that cool feeling of exploration and discovery because that's what i love most about breath of the wild it seems like that's going to be combined with just a lot of tinkering and a lot of crafting yeah and with that uh, something that came up a couple times here is the um, complexity of the controls which is interesting and it makes sense right for the, the amount of things they're offering uh in this game like just to be able to actually control combining all those things as well as driving those things i guess it would be the word piloting those things um like there's gonna be a lot of, i wonder how crab hands we're gonna get with this you know yeah yeah well i mean one of the i believe it was giant bomb i was talking about how um once you place the the steering wheel on the contraptions you're controlling it starts to feel way more natural like that is the key to making it to like turning your contraption into like an actual thing uh once i believe it was like once they started controlling it all of the things went on at once right like if you if you place a rocket onto the slab and you hit the rocket that'll activate the rocket but if you want everything to work in tandem with each other you place down that that lever you start controlling it and it all just works in one and so like 
Yeah, like I'm, I'm, it's, it's something that I'm at the place where I'm just like, I need to play the game. I need yeah. to have this in my hand. I need to know how this feels in motion because it's so weird listening to people, other people describe it and it feeling complicated, it feeling like it's getting into the weeds, but also they're talking about it with excitement. They're talking about it as, as they're talking about it like they were into it the whole time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign that you got into the weeds and you're like, no, but these weeds are fun to be in. Yeah, be yeah. In. hey, I mean, that that's huge, right? I, something I'm very interested in is what the point of the building is because what we've seen in the trailers which granted has just been like a lot of little glimpses so it seems like for the most part you're either building a weapon or you're building a a vehicle of some sort mm. i right now as a simp i'm just a normal man i'm just a, a normal man. man all right uh the idea you also of, called yourself a simp just now uh, uh, huh? <laughs> you, you said as a simp as a normal man you're right. Yeah. You're right. You know what? Hey, I, I just want to call that before yeah. people in chat call that out. Don't clip that out. Don't clip that out. Clip out. Clip out you you fucking <laughs> Jesus. Corey, we'll um, need a gift of that, please. I, I'm interested in, I, I can't come up in my mind with too many interesting use cases for giant vehicles in this yeah. game. Besides, okay, getting from one place to another place. But once I have something I'd want to, like, oh, this is the best way to do that. I'm just going to do that. But it's a Nintendo. And it's the Zelda team. So, like, I'm sure that, again, I'm just a simple man. Yeah. I'm just an innocent, normal man. I'm a simp sometimes, all right? <laughs> I mean, fair Nintendo, enough. For Nintendo, it happens. But mm -hmm. I'm just the best of us. Uh, I'm sure that they're, they're going to come up with some stuff that we're like, what the fuck? Like, only you could think of this shit. Yeah. What also has me excited is going back to the Gene, Gene Park thing of these previews were only able to t touch on a slice of the game, right? They're one only, hour. They're, they're playing only one hour, right? You imagine that they're very early on. And that the point of that hour was to get you familiarized with the tools at your disposal gene might have seen a dungeon right like there are, we don't know much about what's going on with the shrines the lack of shrines what's replacing the shrines there's we don't know what's going on with narrative aside from ganon's been drinking water and now he's ganondorf and he's looking all sexy like we don't know much about what's going on in the world of hyrule now and i love that there's still so much out there that we don't know right and like Cool. They're showing off this the, 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 this new stuff. What don't we know? That is still the stuff that excites me because I feel like they're playing that stuff very close to the chest. And I'm hoping that I pick up this game and within the first few hours, I'm like, wow, this is unlike anything I would have imagined uh, imagined that they they had in store. Yeah. This is way different from what I expected. Which I still is, have that expectation, I which mean, is a crazy expectation. Very lofty, but it's an expectation that I feel uh, it has been properly set up, and I think they have the confidence that it'll it'll be met. Mm -hmm. But. We won't have to wait long to see Bless. It's April 26th right now. We only, we're only a few weeks away. That's wild. Every, we'll all be playing Zelda in just a couple weeks. I cannot wait. Woo. I will say one more thing in terms of a concern after the previews. Oh. I've seen a lot of the previews. Uh, I've seen like half the previews be like, played it. Um, performance seems fine. I'm not seeing that many stutters, all that stuff. I've seen like the other half of the previews be like, no, I'm seeing places the where this side the technical is side of it. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I've uh, equally have seen, a, I'd say, about 50 50 of the people being like, oh, it's great. And people being like, no, 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 it, there, there's a problem here. Um, but uh, I feel like a lot of those people also um, were uh, stating that th this feels a lot more advanced than Breath of the Wild technically. Yes. That, um, I think it was uh, uh, Arthur Geese that was saying that um, the Breath of the Wild very much felt like a Wii U port, whereas this feels more like a Switch game. And, like, the difference there isn't that vast, but there is one. Yeah. I saw some people saying that, yeah, this game looks a little bit sharper than Breath of the Wild, which I'd say is huge. Um, but we won't have to wait too long to see. We won't. Around the corner. Story number two. Xbox's Activision Blizzard deal has been blocked by the CMA. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. <sighs> The UK government's Competition and Markets Authority has moved to prevent Xbox's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. 
Announced on the government's website, the decision to block the deal was due to the implications for cloud gaming. Quote, the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come, the CMA said. Microsoft has retaliated by saying it'll appeal the decision, saying it is disappointed by the result that appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market. Brad Smith, vice chair and president of Microsoft, said, quote, we remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal. The CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom. We have already signed contracts to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices, and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We're especially disappointed after that, uh, after that, after... We're disappointed that after lengthy uh, deliberations, this decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way relevant cloud technology actually works, end quote. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick said in an open letter to staff that while the CMA's decision to block the deal wasn't good news for the companies, it is far from the final word. Can we make it the final word sometime soon, please? Kotick vowed uh, to join Microsoft in contesting the decision and said it has already be, uh, begun, to, begun the work to appeal it in the UK Competition Appeals Tribunal. Quote, we're confident in our case because the facts are on our side. This deal is good for competition, end quote. Microsoft, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard may have reached its conclusion in the UK, and even if it's appealed successfully, the deal is still being investigated and debated elsewhere. The European Union has reportedly hit Microsoft with a formal antitrust warning, and the United States Federal Trade Commission also sued to block the acquisition with a trial set later for this year. It's also faced scrutiny from various U.S. senators, the city of New York, and the U.S. Justice Department, though Spencer has remained confident about the deal throughout. So here we are on uh, April 26, 2023, still talking about this. But this is a real move. This yeah. is a step this is forward. This a big update. Step backward? Step sideways? Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure, but it's a step, right? Um, I am honestly very surprised uh, to wake up to this version of this news today. Because from everything we've seen for the last couple months, it seemed like there's been some issues, but... Xbox and Microsoft have figured them out and uh, been rectifying and, you know, doing the little world tour of uh, getting all the, the ducks in a row here. And last week, there was various financial outlets reporting, like, the deal is close to being signed and it's, it's going to go through. So it's one of those things where those are pundits on the financial side of things that really know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's usual, usually when they say that type of stuff, it happens the way that they predict. So for this to happen here, I am surprised. Yeah, this is the first time where I'm like, oh, this might actually not actually happen. Like Microsoft might not actually get Activision Blizzard. Up until now, I've been convinced that it's going to be it's going to take deals and that still might happen. Right. Like with this appeal goes through and they're able to find success with that. I imagine the move now would be to. All right. And the way that we've been signing all these 10 year deals with Nintendo and trying to make that happen with PlayStation and all these other things, they're going to find more cloud platforms if they're out there i guess <laughs> to yeah. sign more deals with um it might yeah they might just have to be like cool we're gonna hunt down every cloud platform on the planet and sign a 10-year deal to make that go through so i mean and i'm also shocked that cloud is what this came down to. i know me, me too but it, but that's what that's the type of scrap we're talking about yeah. here right where it's just like trying to nitpick and trying to find the 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 way in to be able to to block this so where aren't they right now in terms of cloud Oh, well, like where, where have they not signed deals? Yeah, I, I could not tell. Yeah, <laughs> chat, help me out here if there, if you have a good answer here, because I do wonder, like, where where 
because there has to be that line of Xbox starts doing the things that they didn't want to do, but through the power negotiation, they kind of were forced to compromise because mm-hmm. there is a reality at some point where not so much in the cloud sense, but at what point does Game Pass end up on Switch or end up on PlayStation? Mm. You know what I mean? And I know that that yeah. is like big leaps, but yo, we're talking about. I mean, I think that's what they want. Anything can happen, right? Um, but yeah, that that is the thing. I wonder, do they want Game Pass on PlayStation? Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? Like I, I, Xbox is more about the platform than about the hardware, and so wherever they can put Xbox Game Pass, the better, right? Because that's going to mean like they're still going to make money off of Xbox Game Pass, whether it's on Switch or PlayStation. Switch and PlayStation would also make money off of that. Would be the whole thing, right? Yeah. Which I think xbox would be fine with but i think playstation's like no fuck that we have ps plus we have our own platform you're our competition we're not going to let you in the door like that is not what this is about just like nintendo in the dungeons <laughs> just like nintendo the- exactly just like yeah. emoto standing behind dan or uh, not enter. gene park and being like no i don't know what that is don't go in there that's playstation with xbox Bill spencer's like what's going on in there what's going on in the playstation dungeons um but yeah like i'm i'm very curious on what the, the on the links they have to go to right like just like you're saying what are the other cloud platforms that they had to make deals with do they have to make bigger and better deals with the platforms they've already made made deals with right mm-hmm. from does it go from 10 years to 20 years does that even make sense anymore like yeah. can you think about 20 years in the future when it comes to video games i don't think so yeah i mean that, that's a good point like you know i i can't think we don't know every deal we don't know the details of every deal but there aren't many long i mean 10 years already i feel like is a, is very long for a video game deal of any sort the longest thing i can remember is back in the day tony hawk signed a 13 year deal uh for for those games and that was like wow that is like ridiculous like unprecedented um whereas like things like the star wars ea deal was like just a couple of years right no i think that might have been 10 years was it 10 I, god 10 it was a longer fast. yeah because <laughs> i remember what, talking about that in like 2014 2013 or something like that and i forget if they ended that deal earlier yeah well yeah there was like the weird eventually they, they made a new yeah. version of the deal but um yeah man this this is a where we're at, I guess, right? Like, there's not too much to say that we haven't already said a million times about mm-hmm. this. I, I am um, very surprised that it that it didn't go through. Um, I still think it will. And I still think that this, unfortunately, is just going to get drawn out even longer. On that note, I want to bring in a question from Nano, who writes into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, Hey, y'all. With the CMA officially blocking the Activision Blizzard deal, do you see this as the end of this year's long news? I mean, to me, this feels more like a setback than a complete shutdown with Activision and and Xbox immediately appealing the decision. Uh, With your vast legal knowledge of UK laws, do you eventually see the ruling get overturned? Um, I mean, I think there's a good chance it gets overturned. I think there's a good chance that it it doesn't. I think even if it does get overturned, if they appeal it and they're like, no, okay, after reevaluating, you're cool with the CMA. I still go back to the bottom of the article where they talk about all the other um, um, uh, obstacles they have, right? You're talking about the FTC. You're talking about the European Union. You're talking about all, you're talking about a bunch of countries you have to go to, go through. And I am stressed reading about it, right? I am I, I, like putting myself in the shoes of like Phil Spencer and the people at Microsoft and Activision who are trying to make this deal happen. I get stressed because I'm like, dude, you have to you have to make sure that you're good with all of these people, good with them, and also not fucking yourselves. Yeah. For your future. Like you can't promise things that, that are going to long term not be good for your own business, but sometimes those are the things that need to be said or done at a certain time. So there's a there's a lot at stake here. And I, I think that there's the other side. I, to answer the question, I think that there's an 80% chance this goes through. Mm-hmm. I think that there's still a 20% chance it doesn't at the end of the day, but I think that it is more likely than not by a large margin. 
Um, I also think that if it doesn't, and even if it does, but if it doesn't, like this is going to have ramifications across Microsoft and across Xbox because of the amount of time and effort put into this, the amount of decisions that had to be made and things yep. that had to be said. I, like this could result in a lot of bad things for dude if many people if xbox if at the end of the day xbox isn't able to acquire activision blizzard after investing so much into this yeah like that's not gonna be good that's gonna be bad like that's gonna be bad i don't know what those ramifications will look like but it's not gonna be great for xbox of course that doesn't mean xbox was away or anything like that extreme but i do think that totally redefines what xbox's plan is right like what does that look like in terms of like, are you still, I mean, even are you still doing, putting all your eggs in the Game Pass, right? When when Activision was, like, that trump card that you had, now that that's gone, do you reevaluate that? Do you reevaluate, like, who you're having to develop? What, did you already make, did you already start to make plans in terms of Activision Studios taking these things over? Did you think about Crash and, like, <laughs> Crash? Did you think about, like, other Activision IP? I don't know why Crash. Think about Crash. <laughs> did you think about, I don't know why Crash was the first one to come to mind, but sure. Yeah. Did you, you think about, why. were you, planning and thinking about other Activision IP and how to like spread those out and what to do with those like how much of your strategy is hinged on Activision Blizzard and now that that now that that might not happen what becomes the strategy in terms of how you're going to become the market leader who knows um I'm also convinced that like they're rattled over there at least at Activision they're rattled I don't know if you saw the email from um I got an email from Activision about this like a, a representative of Activision with a media I statement. don't think so so in my email, this comes this comes in, and they say it's an official media statement, and so I'm on the clear to read this. And this is from somebody who represents Activision. Uh, it says the CMA's report contradicts the ambitions of the UK to become an attractive country to build technology businesses. We will work aggressively with Microsoft to reverse this on appeal. The report's conclusion are a disservice to UK citizens who face increasingly dire economic prospects. We will reassess our growth plans for the UK global innovators, uh, large and small. We'll take note that, despite all its rhetoric, the UK is clearly closed for business. They're throwing haymakers from like Activision at the UK's regulatory like yeah. people. That's wild. Like I've never read anything like this in yeah. my email before. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, oh shit. Yeah, originally it was just like yeah, the the top dogs of PlayStation and Xbox that we were joking about, like the bo boxing match. But now it's like no, they're going after. Okay, baby yeah they're going we're going after a, a nation worldwide Jesus. yeah man this uh, i'm tired of talking about this but we're gonna have to continue to because it is gonna keep going i with I, where this is i think this is drawn out what another six months maybe another two years tim i like this oh, is, man but I, here's the thing right i'm as tired as i am i'm also thoroughly entertained just by like statements like that where i'm like dude this is this is juicy man it's this this takes me back to like 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 watching um like a political drama. This takes me back to watch to watching Tetris the movie, Tim. Yeah, where all of it is I mean, deals dude, and contract talk. negotiations, yeah. but like they get into the weeds in that shit, and that shit is sometimes very riveting to 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 watch and follow. There's a lot of succession shit going on here, and like with big acquisitions and stuff, when there's losers, there's yeah. always losers, and even if the acquisition doesn't go through, man, like people are gonna lose their jobs, potentially a lot of people. Tim, before. We move on to story number three. I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash games. Over on Patreon, you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content, and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, you out there. 
you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Story number three, Tim. Let's lift our spirits with a Star Wars Jedi Survivor review roundup. Uh, right now on Metacritic, Jedi Survivor is sitting at an 87. On Open Critic, it's sitting at an 86. Let's start off with Dean Stapleton and IGN, who gave it a 9 out of 10 and said, Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes what Fallen Order achieved and Wall runs with it, then double jumps and air dashes straight into an epic lightsaber battle. Rather than taking us back to square one to begin Cal's journey as a Padawan again, we're trusted with control of a full-fledged Jedi Knight who we can grow into a master of superhuman mobility and fantastic and challenging combat. With a new set of larger, more diverse, and densely packed worlds to explore, and a memorable cast of returning characters, Survivor tells a story that may be predictable, but is still fun and at times emotional to watch play out. Launch performance issues aside, it's a sequel that does virtually everything better than the original, which was already an exceptional Star Wars game. If Respawn makes one more like this, it'll complete the best Star Wars trilogy in 30 years, hands down. Jordan May at GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Star Wars Jedi Survivor improves upon its predecessor's gameplay and storytelling uh, to deliver an engrossing story of a Jedi grappling with morality. On a final note, Survivor's technical performance is a stumbling block that must be noted. Playing on Xbox Series X, I experienced random crashes on a number of occasions, all annoyingly during cutscenes before the game had a chance to autosave. On PlayStation 5, a colleague reported some occasional stuttering, screen tearing, and crashing too. And the PC version also has a variety of technical issues relating to in-game presentation, performance, and hardware optimization. And then Matt Miller at Game Informer gave it a 9.3 out of 10 and says, Developer Respawn Entertainment clearly took a measure, uh, a measured and thoughtful approach to analyze what worked and what didn't in its last Star Wars game. And Jedi Survivor feels like a worthy attempt at evolution. It captures the magic of Star Wars as well as anything in the current canon, and it's a stellar adventure in its own right. Tim Geddes. We, of course, did a review on Gamescast that went up this morning. Uh, we talked a lot about our spectrum of opinions on Star Wars Jedi, but I think for the most part, we we're all like, no, this is great. Like, this is good. We all like this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody disliked it. I feel like mm -hmm. the you were the lowest on it, and you still... Yeah. I was still like, no, oh, there's like so many good things in this game, and I think the game yeah. is good. 
uh, I'm definitely on the higher side of this. I absolutely love this game, and uh, I still have a lot to go, and I can't wait to, to get back to it. This is one of those games, I said this on, on Gamescast, it reminds me of God of War Ragnarok in the way that when I'm not playing it, I'm like, I need to get back to it. I need to know what happens next. And I really appreciate that that's not just in story uh, and plot beats. It is also in the gameplay where moment to moment, you're constantly being pulled into like different gameplay scenarios, whether it's combat or puzzle or um, uh, it's like parkour, like platforming traversal mm -hmm. type stuff. And then sometimes it's a combination of all those things. I just feel like, and then you get the, the story beats and all of that stuff is so seamlessly integrated together. Um, and it's just an overall super fun game. The technical side of things is a real disappointment. And uh, it's it's just sad, honestly, at the end of the day, that Respawn um, put out a game that's this good, and so much of the conversation is going to be mired around the, oh, man, same problems the Fallen Order had. Here we are again. And it's that, that kind of deja vu conversation that I just feel like tarnishes what's otherwise such an amazing experience that I feel like should be such a, a an even bigger win from them having said that these reviews are great yeah so, I, I was surprised when i saw the reviews pop and all of them were like eights nine eight, eights and nines i don't think i saw tens out there but it was it was on the higher end right and like metacritic 86 or metacritic 87 open critic 86 was very impressive for what i thought was going to be a bit more aggressive of a re review cycle based on just like bugs and performances and, and and all that stuff but i think that speaks to what greg was talking about uh, greg of course our, was our lead reviewer when he started off talking about jedi right like he acknowledged like hey yeah playing through the game there's so many i've i've seen the bugs i've seen the crashes i've seen x y and z thing in terms of performance that brings it down but the game is still a five out of five for greg and i think that we're seeing that reflected in in the opinions of various reviewers of the game is so good that we're able to look past a lot of that stuff right and i think that's gonna shift from person to person like I, it affected me more than i think it affected other people but um even even with that right i still look at the game and i'm like i'm gonna finish this game at some point i think yeah i'm gonna come back to it right now i'm taking a little bit of a break because i'm like waiting for we're gonna get zelda someday at we're some gonna point. get redfall someday mm -hmm. right like i'm i'm waiting for them I, uh, but I, i'm gonna come back i can't fucking believe you're like, uh, I'm going to put Jedi Survivor on pause because I'm waiting for Redfall. <laughs> you just don't want to play Jedi Survivor. Oh, I'm an arcane fan. <laughs> I'm also, I'm a big arcane fan, yeah. and also I'm waiting for the updates. I, I think updates Extremely are going to fix this I'm thing. I'm so hopeful. I don't expect it to happen. I, 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 yeah. I will Fingers say, crossed. at least for my case, because I feel like it's definitely a case-by-case -case basis on performance uh, for sure. Uh, I did, I rolled the dice last night on our weird uh, scenario of if we do the day zero update, it might completely uh, wipe our saves. Roll the dice. My save's still there. Uh, and then I went out into Kobo where, uh, in the area that I felt like had the worst uh, kind of uh, optimization when it came to frame rate and uh, screen tearing uh, after that update. And it definitely seems more stable for me uh, in that area, uh, especially because uh, to give a quick like uh, thing there will be like kind of random patrols of different factions and i could tell that the game was struggling the most when you're running around a vast kind of area with different factions either trying to come after you or fighting each other and you're running away from that so the game is doing a lot and trying to think of what the hell you're going to do in this scenario and that's where the game would really struggle performance wise for me and it seemed way better last night where i ran into three or four different scenarios of enemy factions fighting each other while running away in this like uh, big uh, open area. Um, and it seemed like way more consistent, uh, still not perfect, but uh, at least a little bit more stable. So hopefully they, uh, you know, 
over the next uh, coming weeks uh, after like a day one patch or whatever that uh, looks like it'll be more stable <clears throat> for the kids out there who play on launch day yeah I want to I want to shout out a few things in chat. One of the one person mentioned that like what happened what happened here like what's going on with with respawn in terms of these games not running and that was the thing that that was a conversation that me I think with me and Annie and Barrett were having a little bit after the review and like one thing that Annie brought up that I thought was interesting that I don't know if this is the case but it might be just their um, how they work with Unreal versus other engines because one of the things I mentioned in our conversation was like yeah a a uh, Titanfall two wasn't buggy at launch Titanfall 2 didn't really have problems and apex when i play apex that game runs so smooth and Andy pointed out that both of those are source right and like um um with jedi um respawn is using unreal engine and so i wonder if that is the case i wonder if it is just the fact that of maybe they're just they don't have good processes with it or they don't have a good handle on it um and so yeah i i but I, again that's just us doing guesswork that's us being like i don't know like who knows uh, but then also I saw somebody else in chat be like, oh, but Blessing gave a high score to Pokemon dis despite his issues. I mentioned this in the Pokemon review and also mentioned this in the Jedi review. Firstly, I'm only halfway through Jedi. And so like I, I throw out a three out of five as like an in progress. Like this is me still in the first half of the game. Of course, thoughts and opinions can evolve because we're human. Um, but also I mentioned this in the review of like if Jedi didn't have these issues, like didn't have the performance stuff, I'd probably give it like a four out of five for where I'm at right now. And I did the same thing with Pokemon where like I, if Pokemon didn't have the issues and performance stuff, I probably would have given that game a five out of five. But with that, I gave it a four out of five. Um, so I, that's kind of how I balance those two and things. And I do say in the review, like where you're at in the story, that's where I was kind of feeling uh, 10 hours in where I was more of like a all right, this is this is cool, but I wasn't in love with it uh, and thinking it was a great game uh, as I do now. So, yeah. again, I definitely understand the kind of the journey throughout it. And sure. hearing you talk about it, Barrett, hearing Greg talk about it and, like, seeing the reviews as well, I'm now excited to go back and play the rest of the game. Like, you guys have me actually excited to see what else is out there in terms of story and stuff. That's going to get me even more excited. But, again, I might wait till we get more yeah. updates. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, me and Fran talked a little bit about uh, reviews yesterday and just uh, critics and, and users reviews and all that stuff and i i think that again the, the point that i kept trying trying to drive home is how much context matters and i think that the way we review things the way we discuss these games i think it's really important um that people understand what how you present the stuff of your experience with the technical side if the quality of the game the things you like about the game outshine the technical problems that's a good sign for the quality of the game itself yeah. but it's a bad sign for the technical side of things, but I feel like it's important that we can have our differing opinions on this where we're both playing the same game. Let's say we both have the same technical issues. We could still then have an opinion on the rest of the stuff. And if the technical issues are worth overlooking because the rest of the game is so high quality, because at the end of the day, this is the product that we have. Like mm -hmm. what we are playing is this with these technical problems. Like we hope that they get fixed, but we don't know that they're going to get fixed. So we can only talk about it as we are experiencing it. And with, what we're being given and promises we're being told, but we've heard promises many times before. I don't know that this game's ever going to get fixed. So we have to give the caveats of, hey, man, there's a lot of technical problems right now. Yeah. Like, that is a fact. 100%. And I, yeah, I think it, a lot of it comes down to context and what you and Fran talked about in terms of, look, like, who, who's reviewing this game, right? Like, I, I liked Fran mentioning that, you know, for him, is he what is more important to him is the name and like as opposed to the outlet. Like, cool, iGen's reviewing this. Who at iGen is reviewing this, right? Like, what is what is your opinion? Do I connect with their with their thoughts? Of course, like I don't have the time to look up every single reviewer at every single outlet to know who's, who who are my people. But I do have time to like figure out who are my people specifically in terms of okay, I like Mitchell Saltzman at iGen. Like, I look at I look at his opinions and I look at the kind of games he plays and what he looks for in games, and I know that like I can trust 
his word in terms of how it's going to influence mine and like me lining up with him. Yeah, Dan right? Riker for me. Yeah, Dan Riker also for me as well, right? I look at the video games that Dan Riker loves, and I'm like, cool. Me and him share taste. Mm -hmm. He loves Mario and Metal Gear Solid. I trust this man. Yeah. And so, like, you got to find those people for you, right? I know for me, I I found that like even recently in, in terms of talking about games, I bring up combat a lot because like combat is a thing that. I, I think I scrutinize more. It's a thing that I, I like. I care more about in terms of if I'm getting into combat in a game, I want this shit to be fucking tight and precise. And like, I, I, I'm giving you the context of what I look for in terms of combat. A lot of games don't live up to that, right? And like, that is going to be different from what maybe Greg Miller looks for or even what Andy Cortez looks for. And nobody's right, right? Or I guess we're all right. Yeah, we're all just looking for what we're There's looking value for. to that, to like, to, to people knowing Bless likes combat, Tim likes platforming and like mm -hmm. the tightness of it, how it feels like the, the mobility of a character. That means so much more to me than sometimes the combat stuff and, and yeah. things like and I'll, that. Like, so. I'll say in a lot of games, honestly, and again, this is, I think, where you will see things differ in terms of who we are. Like, I care about gameplay more than story. Like, I care about something like combat more than, like, character interactions, right? And that, and that differs from game to game. In an RPG, I might care more about story. But in, a, in, an, in an action, like, an action game that we're playing right here, an action-adventure game, in something like God of War, and something like Jedi, and something like Elden Ring, I am looking for, like, yo, how, how does it feel when I got my hands on the sticks? Yeah. Like, what does that moment-to-moment -moment look like? And if that stuff is fucking fantastic, I can overlook a, a bland story. I can overlook, like, character stuff. Greg Miller is not the same way. Greg Miller is the opposite, right? Greg Miller looks for story. He looks for characters. He looks for being engaged. And, of course, he looks for gameplay as well. But again, you got the gotta, balance is different. The balance is different, and you gotta you gotta understand who is talking to you, right? And hopefully, we're doing our best at providing the context of what we look for and who we are. Yeah, I mean, I I care a lot about plot, like yeah. the actual plot of a story, which is why things like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, story wise, aren't really my my bag. Like, I I'm happy that they exist. I'm in the way that I enjoy plot. There are other people that like story to kind of stay out of their way and to kind of just be, happen around them. And that's great. We can get both of those things. But knowing that about me and how you see things, like that's important for kind of shading the conversations we have around um, all of these games. And I, I saw uh, people in the, the chat, someone was saying that, uh, that Bethesda and Nintendo get a pass for their, their technical uh, stuff. They don't. We are constantly talking about the technical uh, problems that they, they have and the, the limits that they have. And like for, I mean, ever we've been talking shit about that stuff, mm -hmm. but when the quality of the game shines through so much that you're like, even despite the tech stuff, we still are glowing about this thing. That's where we're at on this. Or it doesn't, if it doesn't, if, if tears, of the kingdom comes out and the tech stuff is, is horrible and, or uh, horrible is not even the way I should go into it. There's, I don't think yeah. it can be horrible. If it's, if it's what we expect it to be, yeah. which is not great. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't expect tears, of the kingdom to, to run amazingly yeah but that's just for a multitude of reasons we already understand if the gameplay and like the the systems and stuff don't back it up and the experience the wow factor that's gonna be a problem but i expect that they're going to yeah because it's nintendo one thousand percent speaking of nintendo story number four nintendo is confirmed for gamescom this is wesley yinpool at eurogamer nintendo will attend a gamescom this year event organizers have announced it'll be the first time nintendo has shown up at the german mega show since 2019 nintendo's appearance at gamescom suggests that it'll have something meaningful to show there but what the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and pikmin 4 will both have been released by the time gamescom opens in late august could nintendo have something hardware related to unveil to the world and Tim, I had the exact same thought when I saw the tweet go up of Nintendo's coming to Gamescom. All right, you don't have Pikmin, you don't have Zelda. What the fuck are you showing at Gamescom? What the fuck are you showing? 
Or are you not showing anything and you just want people to play your games? And yeah, are you just showing up and you're like, like they do at PAX and stuff? You're bringing Pikmin and Zelda and be like, hey, play more of this. Yeah, this I is mean, really good, isn't it? Um, this I first saw this because Jeff Keeley was uh, tweeting about it, mm-hmm. and not that that means anything, but it does mean he's at least like, hey, hey, you know who else is at Gamescom? Keeley, baby, mm-hmm. and guess who has a show that can announce things, right? With We're the not stage. seeing anything Nintendo at Keeley's thing yeah, at maybe. Opening Night Live. Why not? Like, just because it's not been that show. That hasn't, but the Game Awards have been, right, in, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, and I feel like, again, there's no rules. Like, at any point, things For can sure. change. And, yeah, the opening night live has not been that show yet. Clearly, Keeley wants it to be. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't necessarily expect it. Um, what are they going to announce? What is the point of this? Gamescom's a weird one for Nintendo. You- Very much not their, their core audience in terms of uh, who they traditionally are trying to speak to, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, there's not a fall game for nintendo as far as i understand i forget when the no. pokemon dlc comes out oh, yeah pokemon dlc is fall and winter okay um, but do you think maybe they're they could just show pokemon DLC? no no i think that that's that's a different i mean we know what that it's dlc yeah. right and i feel like it's gonna be treated like dlc it'll be big dlc but that's more similar to like xenoblade mm-hmm. uh like what just came out yesterday where like there'll be preview events and there'll be some things and like i'm gonna be very excited like i can't wait for that stuff but uh, I don't think that that's that the big big tentpole thing that they'd want to be showing off. Do you, do you think Metroid Prime Four could hit? I mean, that's I don't know. I don't mm. again. We're in such an interesting place right now with Nintendo and PlayStation, where Xbox has their lineup. We know what we, there's so many Xbox games that are in the pipeline that we're like awaiting. On the Nintendo and uh, PlayStation side, that's just not the case. We have a lot of assumptions, but essentially, once we get past June here, uh, which is just a few months away. Yeah. We're going to have Metroid Prime 4 and Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. And those are the only known quantities. Yeah. And I oh, guess don't forget Last of Us multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? But besides that, that, that leaves a lot of studios open of what are they working on on the PlayStation and Nintendo side. I mean, we do have the PlayStation event coming in May, but I expect that that is going to blow us the fuck away. Yeah. And Allegedly, theoretically in May. That theoretically in May. Uh, yeah. Maybe in June, live at the Shrine Auditorium in front of 7,000 screaming fans. Um, but either way, I expect we're going to get a PlayStation showcase in May, and I expect that it is going to like knock our fucking socks off. I hope so, man. And, and I better. think that we are going to have a similar amount of future titles to look forward to that we do on Xbox right now in terms of the pipeline. Right now, I have a running bet with Roger McCorney. Um, Roger is convinced that we're going to see new Nintendo hardware release in 2023, and I told him, no way. And when I saw the Gamescom thing, I was like, oh, man, I might have, I might have spoke too soon because that bet was yesterday. Please tell me you bet like 200 or $300 on this. No, I, it was a pizza bet. but it's, that's an easy couple hundred dollars for you, Bliss. It sounds like he wants some expensive pizza, and so I, I might go for some expensive pizza as well. Yeah. You know? No, you're going to get that expensive pizza. I might There's get some no deep shot dish. that Nintendo comes out with new hardware. There's no shot that it would be Gamescom that they would announce that new hardware. I want some deep dish, you know? Mr. Ponton once says, there goes Tim setting his expectations too high again. Have you seen a PlayStation Showcase? You can't yeah, set no, expectations those are, those higher than a PlayStation Showcase. They yeah. fucking deliver. Every single time, they have delivered some of the best showcases we have ever seen in video Was games. the last one the one where we got Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine? And Wolverine. <laughs> and, like, the, the other one had Ratchet and, like, dude. The get, one weird misstep was Ragnarok. 2019. 
the one weird, uh, and that was the one where it was like the weird Last of Us Church and yeah. stuff like that. That was, that was cool. the that's like that's even that's like E. What, that was E3. the PlayStation Showcase because we're what talking was about that then we're talking that was about the E3. Yeah, that was just like an E. That was the E3 Showcase. So like, like we're separating it from like the uh, modern ones. Yeah, where it's like all digital the, or whatever. PS Five once they started showing all that cool branding of like all of the the sacred symbols, like using the cool transitions for everything. Mm -hmm. Then there was like the, the moment that we we're like, are these real people or is it CG? <laughs> <laughs> well, are... the first time they did that was uh, a GDC, and that was like the weird like introduction of the PS5, where they were talking about all like the technical aspects of it. It was like Mark Cerny and him talking about like, oh yeah, and like him being like, it's backwards compatible. You only saw the PS4 logo, and there was a lot of space for other things. And people were like, what the fuck is going on with that? That one was a weird one, but yeah, like the showcases were like, I would say starting from June 2020, and then the one the PS5 reveal, yeah, the, the one where reveal. we first saw the console itself, like. Okay, yeah. All yes, of those yes, showcases yes, yes. are just fucking like legitimately unmatched. Like the only things that you can compare them to are some of the greatest Nintendo Directs ever or uh PlayStation's greatest E3 conferences. Like I agree with that. Where, where it had announced like the with the God of War Symphony and all that shit. Like we're we're gonna be uh having some bangers ahead. And then there's the Nintendo side. Like we we are due a Nintendo Direct that answers a lot of where's Mario? Where's my boy? He's having the best year of his life right now. <laughs> but what where's he at on the video game side of things? I got so many questions in regards to Nintendo, but the answers to those questions are so far away. Do you know what's near, Tim? Mm. Story number five, oh, right here. Shit. It's right now. Yeah, Story number five. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Bethesda has revealed some limited edition Redfall Xbox controllers. This was tweeted out by Bethesda this morning, uh, where they said, Calling all vampire slayers, take back the island of Redfall with a limited edition custom Xbox Design Lab wireless Xbox controllers. Make it yours now and slay in style when Redfall drops on May 2nd. Still keeping that on May 2nd date, huh? All right. May 2nd, man. Weird. It's too late to Literal change the days place. away. All right. You know what I mean? Like, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is getting some real good reviews. That's all I'm saying. Get out the way. Zelda's coming. All right? <laughs> Zelda's coming to town. Link on the highway. Get out, Get out the way. way. Redfall, there's still time. There's not time. Uh, but these look cool. Yeah. It's like real, some real cool designs. And also, a cool thing about this one is yeah, that you no, can buy them. I'm not going to say yeah. They, no? These do not look cool. I like the red no. one. Like the red no. one with the teeth. I don't. I don't that's like over-designed like, controllers. That's like Gears of War 2008 vibes right there. Yeah. You can't. You're. And you're telling rest, me those aren't cool vibes. I got to bring some honesty to the this this table. This podcast. Right here. Yeah. I like the red one. The other ones, I'm like, they're, those are cool. But like the the side. red one, I, I like a lot. I just like black and red. I, I like those that. colors. I like I like blue and and white, and black, and gray. You can get these right now. These aren't like the ones where we show you a controller and it's like, oh yeah, you have to win a sweepstake or something. You can yeah. go and get those in Xbox Design Labs and so. If you have taste, boom, there you go. Story number six. Speaking of having taste, a Totally Spies game just got announced. This can this comes from Microids on Twitter, where they tweeted out, um, they put a, a lipstick emoji, and then they say, Sam, Clover, and Alex have a new mission. Microids is partnering with Bonnie J, Kids, and Family for a new video game based on the animated series Totally Spies, scheduled for a 2024 release on consoles and pc what world are we living in Bless? let's go this is hilarious totally spies a super niche cartoon from the early 2000s yep. that i was obsessed with. i love totally spies <laughs> it's fucking awesome and they announced yesterday a season seven is coming out yep. uh in 2024 and now we're getting a video game hell yeah i hope this is a major success it won't be but i no. hope that it is coming 2024 mm -hmm. do you think it's starting development like right now like literally, somebody today learned they're making a total yeah. spies game. Yeah. Like, you want me to put it out when? <laughs> All right, cool. We'll see. I'll like my dream scenario would that would be that this game is 
um, very similar to what was the Samurai Jack game that we played? Samurai- oh, yeah. That was like, it was kind of double A, but it was still cool and yeah. like had some merit to it. I hope that this can be that. I doubt it. The, the but... vibes of this screenshot here, and maybe it's just like a blurry image of like the, the, the new season seven promo, but it's got like a little bit of that like. Pixelation. Pixely kind of thing. Like, I almost want a Shredder's Revenge type of game. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Like a 2D beat-em-up yeah. type situation. Yeah, you know, I way forward, I want them to make this game. Yeah. What is... What, I'm going to do some research right now, right here. Because I want to know microids. more about microids. Yeah. Corey Cutney says, I want a 7 out of 10 uh, game, and I'm proud of it. I agree. I would love a 7 out of 10. That Samurai totally Jack game was, like, one of the coolest 7 out of 10 games that we played. 1,000%. All right, I'm going to their link tree for Microids. Uh, let's go to their website. Let's see what's on their website. First of all, is Microids even the developer or the publisher? I don't, I don't even know. Apparently, they did UFO Robot Grendizer, The Feast of Wolves, which I believe is like a huge... Um, I know that the Grendizer IP is big, right? Or am I confusing that with something else? I have no idea. Um, I go to their website. The first thing I see is Tintin, Cigars of the Pharaoh. Oh, Lucy James loves Tintin. Tintin's a classic. Oh, did they work with Sifu? Hold on. Hold on. The retail editions of Sifu for Xbox One and Series X will be available. Bless. What up? Can you imagine? <laughs> Sifu totally Can you spies. Fucking imagine? Totally speaks. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> so they've done work with uh, Front Mission First Remake, which is huge. Metal Mutation. Scrap Riders. So they're like a pub. They do like going through hallways, beating the shit out of people, switching between the three ladies. Fuck yeah! All right, I got no frame of reference for what Micros is up to. Um, Barrett has up this timeline on their website. Who's Nikki Boom? <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that. Uh, Micros distribution. I've never heard of any of these games. Yeah, I've not heard of any any of no. these. No. But yeah, it seems like they just partner with developers to get games made and distributed. So good on you, Microid. Um. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, please, for us. We need this. Tim, that Totally Spies game that we need is just so far away. Mm-hmm. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Desta, The Memories Between for Switch and PC, The Centennial Case, A Shijima Story for iOS and Android, Cassette Beasts for PC, Honkai Star Rail for mobile and PC, that's the new game from the Genshin devs, uh, Gran Turismo 7's 1.32 update rolls out today, bringing with it four new cars, new scapes, sure, new GT cafe menus. All right, cool. And then Quantum Break is back on digital platforms for Xbox ga- and Xbox Game Pass. If you remember, it got taken down because of licensing stuff, but it's back now if you feel like playing some Quantum Break. New dates for you. Uh, We got one new date this Friday, Take to the Mountains and Grand Mountain Adventure Plus on Apple Arcade. A deal of the day for you. May's PlayStation Plus games have been revealed. Uh, In May, you're going to get Grid Legends for PS5 and PS4, Chivalry 2 for PS5 and PS4, and Descenders for PS5 and PS4. Now it's time for Reader Mail. That's where you write in uh, to kindoffunny.com slash khfgd to get your questions read on the show. We got just one for you. This comes from New AJ's Eyes. Uh, New AJ writes in and says, a short story for Blessing Adelia Jr. So Bless famously said he would pay $24,000 plus a third mortgage on his house for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think I went that far. Uh, well, yesterday, 
<laughs> what? Uh, well, yesterday I donated blood and used the money I received for doing so to pre-order Tears of the Kingdom, only to come to the realization that I literally just paid in blood to get Tears of the Kingdom. Thank you guys for all you do, and I hope my story helps Bless feel more justified in the statements. Oh, yeah, I guess I need a question, too. Uh, what's the most underrated cereal? Lots of love. New AJ from London. There's so many frozen bricks of blood. This is wild. He, pay, he paid in blood for hey, Tears I of the Kingdom, it. and y'all made fun of me. I respect it, man. I um, get it. Also, you don't need to write in with a question. You can just write in with their statement. But also, most underrated cereal? I'm going Captain Crunch. Most underrated? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go uh, Pops. Kicks. Oh, like Corn or Pops? Kicks, kicks yeah. Fuck, I, yeah. might, I might be with you, actually. Corn yeah. Pops is really good. And it's like, you think that it's one of the boring ones, but no, there's some fun there. Yeah, this it's is like more, some real good flavor yeah, in Corn Pops. Yeah, to be had. I agree. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, or you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Um, <laughs> Somebody write it, wrote it with a story about how they dreamt about being on Cape GD and got a ton of stuff wrong. Um... <laughs> I was telling <laughs> I was telling Joey and Roger that um like earlier in the week I was thinking about how I never have work dreams. I have two very recurring dreams. I have school dreams where I'm at school, back at school and I'm failing or whatever and I'm also naked for some reason. And then I also have a recurring dream about Mario 64 where I'm like in Peach's castle and like I'm just weird shit starts happening in Mario 64. Those are my two recurring dreams, but I never have work dreams. Literally the day after I had that thought I had a dream that I was at work and I was reviewing Jedi Survivor. Wow. And then I woke up and I was like, damn it, I got to do it again. Like, yeah. I got to go back to work and review Jedi Survivor again. Yeah. And I nailed it in the dream. In the dream, I, I bodied that review. Yeah. Like, I, I articulated all my thoughts so perfectly. And I woke up and I was like, god damn it. Like, damn it, I still can't play Redfall. Yeah, I still can't, I still can't play Redfall, dude. I can't <laughs> wait for Redfall. But yeah, uh, it was Anthony Kelly, yep, that wrote in with that. That just uh, derailed me. So, appreciate it. Um... That's editorializing. Editorializing. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. Nano says the Samurai Jack game was Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. There we go. And that's it for kindafunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for the show are going to be me and the one and only Austin creed I'll, i never know whether to call him xavier austin yeah it's complicated okay cool He's wwe superstar xavier woods but in our hearts it's austin it's austin creed. creed so tune in for that if you're watching this live remember we're trying something new here with youtube super chats on kind of funny games daily only on youtube in the live stream there's going to be a 30 minute post show where mike snowbike mike comes in to talk to us kfg hosts about your super chat questions stay tuned to after today's handshake to hang out with us before the next kind of funny stream starts Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.